our behavior and our words, they do matter. They all matter. Like even if we don't intend to hurt someone, if someone feels hurt by our words or our actions, mm. it's something to, you know, acknowledge and try not to hurt them again in that way. Welcome to the Heart Open Conversations podcast. I'm your hostess, Lillian, a born and bred Singaporean who uprooted her life some four years ago, living behind loved ones and the only place she has ever lived in to begin a new chapter some 10,000 miles away with her fiancé in Houston, Texas. Excitement and expectations soon morphed into resentment and loneliness. Weekly therapy sessions, community, and an open heart were key and mind-saving graces to support and guide me through that difficult transition. I desired and needed a safe space where deep, honest, meaningful conversations and connections can be had and cultivated. The kind that recharges you, inspires you, pushes you a little, yet wraps you with warmth and a sense of security. The kind that leaves you feeling less alone and afraid, and more seen and encouraged to walk towards a version of your life that's most true, most whole, most you. I thought a wild but convicted thought. If I can't find it... Why don't I create one? And this podcast, my friends, is it. I believe that each of us has a uniquely beautiful story to share that has the power to move and inspire. My hope is that through this thoughtfully curated space and through the stories and conversations exchanged here, that you'll find resonance, clarity, grounding energy, and hope to live out our individual yet collective, messy and beautiful lives. I'm so glad you're here. Ready? Grab a cup of your favorite something, get cozy, and let's dive. Hi friends, happy Saturday, or as I like to say it, (laughs) Friday-ish. Welcome back to another episode on the Hard Open Conversations podcast. I hope you are doing well. It has been kind of a roller coaster time for me. Um, but this morning I really wanted to complete and bring you this episode because I felt so warm, so nourished from this conversation and I wanted to spread that warm, full feeling with you as well. Well, this morning my mic decided to not cooperate with me, so I was not able to record this introduction in the same format, the same way that I usually do. But 
I decided consciously that I'm not going to let technology take me down or hold me back. So here I am in my earphones, speaking into my phone, recording the introduction. If it is not as polished, I apologize, but I still hope that you will be able to see past this and then look forward to the main meat of this conversation. So as I was sharing, yeah, it has been so crazy for me. I just wanted to share a little bit of what's been going on for me before I dive into the introduction of our amazing, amazing guest today. There has been some interesting developments at work. I had my review uh, this year, or some might call it appraisal, and we consolidated and just kind of put into context this plan where um, I will finally in my 10th year with this company uh, be able to assume the role of a sales manager. Um, And it's something that I should be really exhilarated about. And um, interestingly, that was not what I felt. I felt a bit disgruntled, to be honest. I felt like this should have been mine five years ago. And I just haven't been able to arrive here because of circumstances that are outside of my control. And now that it's been announced or and shown that it will be in my lap not too far from now it uh, yeah it just interestingly did not spark as much of an excitement inside me as I thought it would be and it really made me examine why it's that I started telling my husband that I don't know that I really want to be a salesperson and that I don't know that I am cut out for it. Um, and I realized that in the past three years, almost four now working here, I have found myself just, I guess, because there is a bit more balance, a bit more space because of COVID, I've had time to really think about what my strengths are, where my passions are, and it's starting to contradict a bit to where I see this career is going. And it's bringing me some level of anxiety, I'm not going to lie, and it's making me just a little stressed out because I'm trying to think about, I, I, I'm trying to stay upbeat, I guess, um, positive. I'm trying to think about how instead of letting just this notion of having spent eight years, maybe doing something that I'm not really wanting to do, I'm trying to focus on the forward and think about how I can still translate a a lot of these valuable skills that I've obtained and attained in my past 15, 16 years of working life and still be equipped and and feel empowered enough to make what I would 
think it's going to be quite a pivot. Um, it's scary. It's scaring the shit out of me. Um, but I'm trying to take it in strides. I'm trying to be patient with myself. I'm trying to really think about the next right thing, the next little step that I can take to work towards that. And some of the things that have come up as I think about that are talking to a mentor, reaching out to a fellow friend, talking to my family from back home, um, updating my resume, for instance. So, um, yeah, so these are just some things that I've been, I've been processing and thinking about. And, um, at the same time, I, it, it's reminding me now, you know, of you, you guys, you remember Serene, she was on my podcast a few episodes ago. And, uh, I, I met her when I went to Singapore and, uh, she did a reading for me with tarot. And, uh, I wanted to learn and understand and hear from her a bit about my career. And I thought it was, um, now thinking into it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting that she said, um, throughout March and April, it will be a time where I'm going to feel, um, frustrated sitting in my laurels. I, I'm starting to get impatient. I'm starting to almost be mad at myself. And as I do that, I, start, I will begin to strip away or not make time for things that actually bring me joy, like this podcast, like getting creative, like remembering to play. And the more I missed out, the more frustrated I get with myself. And then it turns into this vicious cycle. And Serene, if you are listening to this, you hit it right on the head, jackpot, because yeah, that's exactly um, where I am at the moment. And I am trying to channel into the advice of, of taking it easy on myself, of really being mindful to not, not strip away what brings me joy in my day-to-day life. And so here is me making this conscious and delightful effort to come on here because I truly, I really, I really enjoy it. I've talked now for 10, 11 minutes of my intro and um, it, it, oh, it feels so dang good. And uh, well, thank you. Thank you so much, dear friends, for sticking around, for coming back, for sharing this very sacred, very, very precious space for me personally with me. So on to the introduction of our guest for today. On this 45th episode, I have the greatest joy to bring you this sprightful, honeyed conversation with a kindred soul, Justine Wenzel Chang. Justine is a storyteller and mamapreneur. She writes for both film and TV and runs her own copywriting business, helping brands that want to have a positive impact on people and the planet build trust and loyalty with their customers and clients. For over 10 years, she has been an activist, raising awareness and trying to put an end to sexual and relationship 
violent. When she's not fighting, you can find her mumming, eating good food, and enjoying the ocean air. Oh, just reading her bio and introduction, I am once again reminded of why she is such a kindred spirit and how much of a friend I found in her. In our forty-five minutes together, we chuckled, we laughed, we giggled, we shared stories, and we jammed about how she forged and defined her own path, both in life and in her business, through finding that sweet spot that taps into both her left and right brain. What have living through a traumatic and abusive relationship at a very young age taught her, and how that altered her outlook in life and the unexpected doors that opened for her after. And lastly, we. Jived about motherhood, her with her toddler of two years old, and how having him in her life brought more intention, purpose, and conviction to live out the best version of her life. This conversation with Justine was one that filled my heart with warmth, with nourishment, and. I am just completely blessed to have this opportunity to meet and hold space with such inspiring and empowering storytellers like Justine. I cannot wait for you to soak all the good parts, the human parts, the real parts of this conversation with me. Without further ado, I give you the wonderful Justine. Hi, Justine. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast. I'm so glad that we're going to have this conversation and super excited. <laughs> Thank you, Lily. I'm just so grateful that you've created this like safe space for us to connect and talk and get to know each other. It's really exciting. It's so interesting when people thank me for it, my guests and my listeners. But you guys have no idea how much how much it nourishes me personally、Aww. for holding this space. So thank you for being here.、Um, I want us to kind of just start off with a series of rapid fire questions for us、sure. to just warm up. Yeah,、okay. let's go for it. The first one I have on here: What is a self care regime or activity that always helps you get into a better state of mind? For me, it's always working out, and then recently I discovered guasa facials,、mm -hmm. which I was a little skeptical of at first because I like I actually never heard of it, but it sounded Chinese to me. So I asked my dad because I'm Chinese American, and he's I explained what it was to him, and he was so confused, and he's like, "No, it's not a facial." <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and I don't know if anyone here knows like what traditional guasa is, but it's like they use a tool and they like. Scrape your back with it, and it's supposed to help you like relieve pain and fevers. And if you have a cold, you do it, and it, they do it really hard, so it leaves like bruises. Basically, have you done it before? I have. Yeah, I have, and I loved it. I mean, I did not、oh, yeah. love the process of it,、yeah. but the after effects of it was like the best thing. Yeah, I, that's what I've heard. So. Yeah, so my dad was like so weirded out that it's a facial, but I I decided to get the tool because it looked really nice and it like one of my favorite skincare companies makes one.、Um, and、uh, oh, sorry if you hear some noise in the back. <laughs> my husband's、okay. in the kitchen.、Um, <laughs> I tried it out, and you know what? It does feel amazing. Like just do it for like five minutes, and it just immediately just like melts away tension. So for me. Admittedly, I don't get in enough self care these days because I have a little toddler. But、um, when I can sneak in a few minutes, 
getting in a workout and getting in some gua sha facial is is what does it for me. I feel like I am I am dishonoring my listeners by not letting them see your face, but then oh, I am like so lucky okay. to get to see your face because yes, it's evidence that it's oh, working because you. your skin is glowing and you have a very nice shape to your to your face. So oh, thank you. It's working. <laughs> Keep going at it. And yeah, I mean, I I am a lover of skincare too, and I've read a bit about Kwasha and yeah, um, definitely something that I want to kind of piggyback on and then try it out because I mean, as it is. I'm trying to massage my face, but just in my hands. And oh, yeah. I did already enjoy that. So I'm quite sure with the proper tool that it's yeah. going to be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't know. Like, it's just like magic. It just feels so good. So, even my husband likes it and he's not like one to worry too much about his skincare. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Completely. Cool. Um, all right. Next question then. What is one item that we can always find sitting on your bedside table? Usually water or tea or -hmm. sometimes both. Like sometimes I have multiple cups on my bedside. It's a little bit of a mess, but uh, yeah, need to stay hydrated. (laughs) Exactly. Absolutely. No, I hear you. I hear you. All right. One last one before we jump into the meat of Mm -hmm. this conversation. What is a quote or mantra that you often return to and why? Um, one that I always return to and like share with others is be curious, be always curious, mm-hmm. because I think like the more interested you are in what's around you, the people around you, you just develop more empathy, more perspective, and it just keeps life interesting. Like if you're just curious about even the littlest things, you know, you learn, you learn so much. So yeah, I love that. And I think that just ties in nicely with how you would describe yourself on your page as being annoyingly positive. I thought, oh yeah, yeah. Funny. (laughs) I love that. I was like, yes. And, and I, I seriously do legitimately believe that having that open heart and curiosity, um, it, it opens doors to, to just even more positivity, right. And, and being able to look at things with different perspective and being able to even just honor and be kinder to people and experiences around you. And then in turn, being kinder to yourself as well. So that's a great one. hundred percent. All right. Um, let's now get this going, Ben. I'm going to crack it wide open. Uh, Justine, okay. tell my audience more about you. Tell them all the amazing things that you're doing, all the roles that you have in your <laughs> life. And how does a typical day in your life look like? Thank you uh, for that question. So when it comes down to it, I, I always tell people I'm a storyteller. Currently, I am a writer. I'm a freelance writer, and I am a screenwriter and producer doing film and TV, and I'm actually working on a Christmas movie at the moment, which hopefully you'll get to see this year. Um, and then, but I also run my own copywriting business. And the funny thing is that like when I was little, I always wanted to be a writer And I never thought I could do that um, as a profession without having like a best-selling book or something. And, you know, I went through an unorthodox route of like, I went to law school and I didn't want to practice law, but I was always engaged in the arts. So I worked in the entertainment industry and music industry. And when I was working in entertainment, I developed a lot of scripts 
um, worked with a lot of writers. And even then though, I was like, I don't want to be a screenwriter. Like, uh, and part of it too, was sort of, if you like, I feel like when you're young in the industry and you are working some kind of office job and you say, you also want to be a writer, people don't take you seriously, right. you know? So for me, just like, I loved helping people with scripts, but I didn't think about screenwriting. However, when I left that sort of corporate part of the industry, working at a studio, I started consulting and I was still consulting a lot on scripts and helping writers with their scripts. And I just decided to one day write my own script because I thought, oh, that would help me be a better development consultant. Mm. But then I just fell absolutely in love with uh, screenwriting And so I've been doing that for the past few years. And finally, like things are starting to move in a positive direction for me as a screenwriter. Um, And I continue to produce as well. Um, But I mentioned that I also have a copywriting business and that sort of like came about at the same time where when I left the independent studio, I was at, um, I just sort of fell into it first starting with um, helping someone, actually a skincare brand with their social media. And, you know, I realized like, oh, you know, doing this type of writing is just like another form of storytelling. You're just helping a brand tell their story. And the more I did like doing emails, writing people's websites, I realized it's all just storytelling. And for me, you know, one of my favorite quotes that I share all the time is, from Margaret Atwood. And she said a word after word after word is power. And so, you know, I take that very seriously and, you know, believe in that very much. And even with brands, I feel like, yes, you're selling something, but the words you put out there contribute to, you know, our culture, the way we see things, the way we think about things. Um, And so, I just like, I'm just such a nerd, I think when it comes to writing and words and I will write anything. And like, so um, actually the pandemic really pushed me to make my copywriting business more official, especially because like the entertainment industry completely shut down with the pandemic. Um, Now things have picked back up, but in the beginning, like the entertainment industry, like you just couldn't do anything except write. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put more focus into copywriting and I've just really honed my skills and like one of my favorite things and things, something that I've made more my specialty is email marketing, which like when I think about it, I think like I never would have thought that I would be excited about email marketing. I used to tell myself I need to unsubscribe from everyone's emails, like <laughs> declutter my inbox, but the more I learned about it, the more I realized this is such a great storytelling um, vehicle because also nowadays, I think as consumers, and I know myself as a consumer, I want to know the brands that I support, like their values, what they stand for, you know, that they're practicing sustainability uh, transparently and truly committed to it and all that. So to sum it all up again, like I, I consider myself just a storyteller, but I just, I love writing myself and um, helping others with their writing to just like make a positive impact. Like I think the more positivity we can put out there um, and lift people up just makes a whole world of difference. Um, And then I know you asked me like what my day looks, my day looks like different every day, honestly, (laughs) is 
different every day, but it starts with waking up with a toddler and getting him ready. Um, and then it's, you know, tackling whatever writing projects I have yeah, and just growing, growing the business too. So mm. there's so many parts of just your introduction that I'm like smiling from year to year consistently and just nodding away and I would even venture and tell you and be honest that there were parts that gave me goosebumps just because oh really oh yes because I I am quite a nerd when it comes to words too like I'm a big words person I'm a big reader um I write in the form of say the podcast show notes and uh, my journal but like you know when I'm watching a show I am I'm the kind of girl that needs to turn on the subtitles because I read them more than I actually listen to <laughs> how their mouth yeah. moves. You know, it's yeah. just something about words that um, I, I'm quite obsessed with and yeah. and tying in with the part that I, I, I have a marketing background in terms of my education. Oh. I am a strong believer, especially now when it comes to this marketplace that is so noisy and so congested, yeah. like for, for brands to stand out, it, it requires a good storyboard like a, it does. A, like one that really tugs at your, your your heart right and then in addition to that there's like things like like equality and like brand awareness and like uh contributing to nature and like making yeah. sure your products and um your services are you know sustainable and all those things so it's it's like that's there's so much that a store a good story behind a brand will do and bring value to a brand so I think your work it's it's so valuable, but especially when um, there's so many entrepreneurs out there, you know, in the past two, three years trying to venture Mm -hmm. and grow. And this is one element that I almost believe that you cannot do without just like, like a good copywriting on your website and things like that. So just, yeah, I, I mean, I can only imagine first how busy you you are at the moment <laughs> and then also how much creativity that requires out of you which uh, takes me to my next question right mm-hmm. um so just hearing on your backstory where you said you did study law which is completely yeah. that's something vastly different from what your mm-hmm. business is in right now did you always know that you have the capacity for creativity like in the sense that when you realize that you wanted to turn and get really serious about your copywriting business, was there a time where you struggle with, you know, getting that creativity up front and center, or was it something that was always part of you growing up and all that? It's definitely something that was always part of me growing up. Like um, in terms of writing, like I've found journals that like <laughs> are filled with like my travel journals from when I was a child and I couldn't even spell properly, <laughs> but like, you could see that I was already documenting and like telling stories. And, um, I grew up performing a lot. So I did, um, like theater and singing and, uh, always in music as well. So that creative side of me was, has always been there. And that's sort of why, like, even when I went to law school, I knew I probably didn't want to practice, but I knew that it was going to be invaluable education for me and very Mm -hmm. expensive too, but, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but completely invaluable. And, you know, actually it's copywriting requires you to be persuasive and concise and clear And with legal writing and just the way your brain learns to think as a lawyer, you have to be able to think like in very different 
ways, um, in different perspectives and to be able to like communicate very clearly. If you actually read legal writing, a lot of it's very repetitive because you want to make sure it's very like clear. And so I actually like, I think one of my assets as a copywriter is bringing that skill from my legal background along with my creativity and like bringing them together because, you know, if it forces me to also like catch little details. I'm like, Oh, this word is a little bit off or like, you know, um, or it's not as clear as it could be. So I'm so grateful for everything I've gone through. And I, I do realize I have the privilege and I've had the privilege to even say like, Oh, I'm going to go to law school and not practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my parents still don't understand it. And they still, my mom's still like, are you going to get a real job? <laughs> um, but, uh, there's something just in me. And I think because of some trauma I went through when I was young too, that I realized like, I need to do something that I know will make me happy and that I know I can succeed at. Like I know my strengths too. Like I don't actually think I would be that good a, an attorney. Like I think I knew like I had strengths elsewhere and I I knew like it was going to be through storytelling somehow. So yeah, so to answer your question in a long-winded way, yes, that creativity is always there and it it drives me. It's really what drives me and it's it's driven me as a good business person because even as like um even when I was in the studio, like where I was making deals as well as exercising my creative side, um, to be able to like spot new opportunities and just be eloquent in how you mm. speak and communicate. And I think the creativity has been there, but also the, I think that it comes back to curiosity, like that interest yeah. in, in sort of trying to be at least a little bit good at business or like, right. you know, or like, you know, seeing both sides and like mm-hmm. making them come together. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I think you, you pointed out something that um, it's, it's valuable and interesting there, which is we can say, speak all day long about how um, having an entrepreneurial journey, it's one where, you know, you need to hone into uh, creativity and thinking outside of the box and things like that. But I think what's not probably emphasized enough about it's also the the, the practicality that yeah. needs to be part of when you set up a business, right? So having a legal background, I can totally see how that can come in very valuable, but especially when you are a one woman team, because yeah. you're, you're, like, you're not just the one that's creating the content. There's also all these other parts, which are also important too. Um, I love that you brought up your mom. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I want to actually kind of dive in the, into that a little bit because it's bringing up this part where um, very often I hear um, being Asian parents, yeah. typically how a, a creative career, it's, it's yeah. often one that's not being considered a job. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they think that, um, okay, maybe like you can do that on the side if you want all day long, but make sure mm-hmm. you have something else that actually brings in the bread. Right. Um, so I think part of me, I'm a bit, I'm just curious um, how, how was it like in terms of um, when you made that decision, um, getting, I guess, support from loved yeah. ones, family? And um, since then, has that has that transition transformed in some way? Um, and how has that, I guess, impacted or affected you, good or bad? 
Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm very lucky in the sense that my parents have always been very supportive. They've given me their opinions and advice. Um, Mm -hmm. and this goes to like extended family as well, (laughs) but in the end, like I've always just sort of made my own decisions, not always the greatest decisions, but I've always just done my thing and they've, they've been there to catch me. So I know, you know, maybe I'm lucky in the sense that I know I have that safety net. Like if all failed, like I can always lean on my parents, um, not just financially or, you know, but like they're there for me, even if they don't understand it totally, but growing up completely, like when I was performing, they, my dad planted the seed of going to law school. He's like, you should go to law school so you can know your own contracts from there. He's already trying to set up not just like a a plan B for me, but also, you know, trying to be supportive at the same time without telling me like, no, you can't do that. Um, And so I am lucky in that sense, because also I think some parents are like, no way, you're not going to go do this thing. But that being said, you know, I I think there probably was and still is a little disappointment that I didn't practice law. And I can understand from their perspective that, you know, they worked so hard. They moved here from Taiwan um, and they, they came with very little and they, you know, they did build their own version of the American dream and they just want to make sure their kids are taken care of basically, you know, so I understand that. And so I think when I didn't practice, like I would never tell them what I was making because the entertainment industry, I think people misunderstand it because it's so glamorous Mm -hmm. to most people, but like, (laughs) it's it's not necessarily an industry that pays well, unless you're like the, you know, 1% 1%. or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that was difficult for them to process. And then, you know, I think I probably caught like re-traumatize them in a way when I decided to leave, but it was like the circumstances presented itself in a way where it it made sense to leave and pursue my own career. And my dad was kind of understanding because he, he's had a bit of an entrepreneurial adventure, but more recently rather than like early on in his career. So I think, you know, when it comes down to, they just want to make sure that I can take care of myself. And now also that I can take care of my son. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, thankfully I also have a very supportive husband who's been patient with me as I like figured my way out and then started really building the businesses and, you know, writing can sometimes take a little bit of time too, as you like, especially on the entertainment side, things can move. Like it's, we always joke that it's it's a hurry up and wait situation. People be like, I need this right now. And then you wait like months for a response. Yeah. Right. Um, But yeah, so I don't think my parents will ever really understand anything I'm going through career wise because none of them have that experience either. But for the most part, they are supportive. I will share one story that actually didn't come from my parents, but my aunt. Um, When I graduated law school, though, she was very upfront with me. And she was like, Justine, I'm a little disappointed because with your legal background, your international background. Uh, When I was in undergrad, I studied global and international studies. And I studied like Russian and I speak Chinese. And so a lot of language skills. Um, but she said, I'm a little disappointed because you could be like helping people as a lawyer. Like you could be changing the law and, um, making an impact. And I just told her, 
you have to trust me that I'm going to make an impact, but it's going to be in a different way. You know, I kind of wish, you know, I could be like Amal Clooney and be like this amazing human rights attorney, but I just like felt like that was my calling. And I, I've always had a, like a humanitarian drive in me. So I've always, you know, been an activist and done what I can in my way to um, help nonprofits. Like right now I'm in a, the co-chair of a nonprofit called Safe Bay, which helps educate and provide resources to help uh, students in middle school and high school prevent sexual assault and like support survivors. So that's a cause that's been very important to me for many years. You know, I, I guess I just have my own way of doing it, but yeah, my aunt didn't Mm -hmm. hide her feelings about her disappointment (laughs) and and she still sometimes reminds me of that. But yeah, that's, that's (laughs) not surprising at all. Really. Um, No, I love that whole, uh, this whole bit that you just shared, Justine, and it's, um, I can completely relate as you can imagine how um, does that, does that pressure. And I think for me, it, now that I've spent the past four years here in the U.S., being exposed to the landscape here, I can mm-hmm. I find that there is a bit more breathing room. I think physically because my mom's not here, but yeah. also emotionally and in in the sense that um, that's more acceptance if you want to take on a route that's unconventional and, yeah. and not be and not feel like the shame and the guilt is immediately upon you just because that's more support, even though it's not directly coming from a family. Right. Yeah. Um, No, I love that. I do also think that for our generation, it seems to me like I know so many amazing friends and people like our age who are just starting really cool businesses and being very entrepreneurial. And I feel like it's a cultural shift too. like, I, you know, from people I know who have started their own businesses, a lot of people are just fed up with old ways of doing things like old corporate structures that are Mm -hmm. not healthy or helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just think part of it is also just a cultural shift, Um, which again, my mom still doesn't understand because she, it's more about security for them. And I totally understand that, you know, she's always been like, you got to work for someone so you can make sure the paychecks always come. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, the paychecks can stop too, if you work for someone. So, (laughs) right. Because it's completely in the hands of that someone and that person can take, make that decision. And then you are just, you know, you have to succumb to whatever decision that's made on that front. And yeah, absolutely. And I think the past two, three years where we are trying to work through and still working through a pandemic, it's it's one, I would say positive thing that came out of it, which is it it forces people to now think about just more creative ways to, to earn your keep, to uh, go after something that really speaks to your heart and soul. And then realizing that uh, like for me, for instance, I still do have a day job, but that's a bit yeah. more flexibility now. So then I feel like I can play around with my time a bit more and then I can try something out on the side while still having my company pay me for my yeah, job yeah, yeah. fully, right? So um, yeah, definitely a situation that's, uh, that's blessed for sure for me. Friends, listeners, allies, please allow me to take a moment to sincerely thank you from the bottom of my heart for allowing this podcast to take up space and time in your busy lives. Subscribe to the podcast if you don't want to miss new episodes that are dropped every Friday-ish. 
And while you're at it, I would very much appreciate if you could rate and review the podcast so that it can help me and this podcast reach the ears of more people. You can do so simply by going to ratethispodcast.com slash H-O-C podcast. I read every review that gets on there and I cannot tell you enough how much energy and how much um, drive and passion it gives me to continue bringing you intriguing, intentional and mindful content on this podcast. Also, if you like to connect with me or hang with me, you can do so by DMing me on the Instagram page of hardopenconverse underscore agent. That is hardopenconverse underscore agent. Now back to the show. So Justine, the next part of the conversation, I'm curious to dive into your book that you wrote in 2018, Pocket Full of Dreams. I was hoping that you can share with us a bit more what inspired the book and, um, and yeah, and, and, and how, how has that changed you since you wrote the book? Yeah. So Pocket Full of Dreams is a memoir that I wrote. I mean, it's weird because I felt weird calling it a memoir since, um, it covers a period of my life when I was like in, in my early twenties and I published it in my late twenties. So like, I felt really like, I feel like when you have a memoir, you should be like much older and like, have like a long life. <laughs> but the purpose of this book was that in college, I had gotten into a very abusive relationship. Um, and I didn't, I was very young and naive, um, and just didn't know, you know, I had no exposure to, um, like severe mental health issues and then abuse. I had no exposure to, um, or so I thought. Um, and so when I got out of that relationship, um, I was in a very, very low, dark place. It wasn't good. I didn't even get out in a very, you know, heroic way. Um, but I started just writing and like, I've always been writing, like writing in journals. So even throughout the abuse, I was writing in journals. And then after I was writing and once I hit a place where my mental health was a lot better and I realized what I had gone through, um, thanks to the help of therapy as well. Um, I, I just like felt like this need to share my story with everyone, not because it was like unique or special, but because I just wanted, like, I had this desire to like help anyone I could and prevent them from being in such a relationship. Or if they're in a relationship like that to get out of it um, and to show like it could happen to anyone. Cause most people who meet me, if they find that out or like they, you know, find my book, they're like, oh, wow, I never would have expected that of you because we have this like stigma and stereotypes around abuse victims Mm -hmm. um, and abuse survivors. Like, you know, usually you think like, oh, they came from like an, there was alcohol or drugs involved, or they come from like a broken family or um, you had a rough childhood and all that. But the truth is like, I came from a, you know, relatively happy childhood. Uh, My parents are still married, Um, you know, very close, tight knit family, as you can tell 
based on the fact that I have an aunt who would tell me she's disappointed in me, but she's also like, also very proud of me at the same time. So like, I just felt this need to put the story out there in case I could help anyone. And also like, as I learned about abuse through my own healing and through my own therapy, I realized how common it is. Like, it's just insane. Like we all know someone who's been in an abusive relationship, whether we realize it or not. And it may be even ourselves, you know, there's also like a scale of just like what's healthy and not healthy. And those things we'd never learn in school. Like, um, you know, in the States we have sex education, but they don't teach us about relationships and like healthy and unhealthy relationships. So, you know, as I learned about abuse and really how it can all start. Um, and it's really just such a vicious cycle that can creep up on anyone. And most, for most people, it does creep up on you and it just like sucks you in and you, before you know it, like you're in a place where you don't know how to get out, um, Mm -hmm. or even recognize that you're in an abusive relationship. I just became very vocal about my own experience and doing what I can to, um, spread the message about, knowing what the signs of abuse are, and then also healing. Like the bigger part of the book too, for me, and the reason why I called it pocket full of dreams is because like, as soon as I had that turning point in my life where I realized like, what am I doing? I have a lot of life to live. I'm only 22. Like I should not like waste away my life right now. Um, Mm -hmm. The other big part of me writing that book was to show the healing journey. Because as soon as I had that turning point, I felt like things just kept getting better. Like actually within getting out of the relationship to starting law school, I had three months and I knew like, if I'm going to survive law school, I need to get my head in a good place. Like I was determined to move very quickly into getting into a generally good headspace. Um, so that I could survive law school because law school is pretty brutal in itself. And from there, like I just continued to chase my dreams, whatever they might be. I went to like my first summer, I went to Nashville to work in the music industry and fell in love with that industry and had just so many great opportunities, met so many great people. So the point, you know, true to the title is like, I just kept filling my pockets with dreams and whatever dreams I had, just like going after them. And so many dreams I didn't even have, like came to me, like, you know, like screenwriting, for example, or having my own business. Like I just never, I didn't even think about uh, any of these, like even a few years ago, you asked me about these things, I would have been like, no. (laughs) So, you know, I really wanted to inspire people, especially young people who might trying to navigate their own trauma, um, to just get yourself into a positive headspace, which I know is difficult. And I know in that sense, I'm blessed to have a sort of sunny disposition and like optimism is like the name of the game for me. But, um, I think whatever you can do to like maintain that positive drive, Um, or find it whenever you're lacking it and just like do everything you can to be like the greatest version of you. I struggle a lot still. So like, it's not like it's just all sunny all the time. 
Um, even in building my own business, like sometimes it's just like, it's hard as a writer, it's lonely too, sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have those moments of like imposter syndrome or just like, am I doing like, am I going to be able to like make my son proud of me eventually? Um, but I just like, I'm just like determined to keep going and doing what I love, but also like leaning into my strengths, like knowing, recognizing my strengths and trying to just always learn. Uh, So, yeah. So that book, I, you know, I hope will continue to be a source of inspiration for people. It's funny. I haven't done much like promo or talk about it in in a little while. And I think the writer in me is also sometimes like, oh, I wrote that book. I wrote it over like eight years before it was published, first Mm -hmm. of all. And then um, I like the writer in me is a little self-conscious because I'm like, oh, I wrote it like when I was so inexperienced, like (laughs) I wonder how it reads. Um, I did actually recently take a peek at it and like, it's all very raw. Like it's cause it's all, most of it is actually just straight out of my journals. So it, it's just my truth. So like, yeah. Yeah. Um, All of that just completely vulnerable and beautiful. So thank you, Justine, for for being so so willing to share this part with us. It is never easy, even if it's something that it never gets easier, you know? And I think um, what I, first of all, will say is that looking at you and, and seeing your work out there, it's, it's not, it's hard to, to actually um, link or connect a traumatic past like that to your past. And I think that's the beauty of when you, when people are given the opportunity to share their stories and then you realize that, oh my gosh, like this person that's sitting right next to me actually has went through, have gone through something that's yeah. really traumatic too. And you wouldn't have known unless you have given the space and forum to talk about it. So the fact that you put a book like this out there, I think what you need to realize is that you have now given other people the permission to feel a little more brave in their own traumatic experience. And then also, you know, having a language to abuse and then realizing that, oh, wow, that is abuse, that that is actually defined as abuse. And then from there, figure out some, you know, ways to try and try and walk away from it, try and um, get to a better place for themselves. So I think um, even though it's something that you put out there when you were at such a, such a mere young age um, and not like when you're 60, that's that's a lot of value in that. And um, yeah, I can only imagine for yourself how that's also very healing. Like what I hear is just somebody who maybe is three or five steps ahead of everyone else. And then the fact that you're willing to put your story out there, all of a sudden, the people that are just right behind you, first, they could relate because you're, you're another very human human. And then second, uh, just hearing from someone that's not trying to sell them anything, but just someone that's like, here, this is, this was my life. And this was my, my experience. Um, now you don't have to feel like you're alone in all of this anymore, you know? Yeah. And that's the biggest thing, because again, like so many of us, actually experience abuse at some level um and to realize we're not alone because I was so like I said I was so young and I had like I grew up on Disney so I had these like fairy tale visions of (laughs) what love and relationships were and like you know my parents god bless them like 
um, growing up, you know, they had their arguments too. And I realized like the unhealthy levels of communication that get passed down through generations and even culturally sometimes. So a lot of those things we do learn in our childhood. And if we don't have that, like, if we don't have someone telling us what's healthy and what's unhealthy, like, even if you make a mistake, um, cause even now I like my son's not even two yet, but sometimes like if I lose my temper, I'm like, Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. And I try to explain it to him. <laughs> um, like mommy lost her temper. That's not how we <laughs> respond, but, um, just like really seeing that, you know, our behavior and our words, they do matter. They all matter. Like, even if we don't intend to hurt someone, if someone feels hurt by our words or our actions, it's something to, you know, acknowledge and try not to hurt them again in that way. That's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. That's so much truth in just that one sentence for sure. Um, now that you're a mother, um, yeah. how, I guess, how has, how has motherhood been in terms of like, when you look back at your experiences your past and then now that you have a child to protect and take care of do you feel like that has added some things to how you view your journey of motherhood and then even also you um, being an entrepreneur running a business and trying to be a mom at the same time like what are your I guess, methods of keeping it all together and then when it doesn't quite come together like what are your ways to like find center again. Yeah. I don't know if I keep it together all the time, but what I will say, like, definitely like a child just changes you, like just gives you more. And I don't know, actually, I don't know if change is the right word, but it, my son gives me more purpose, more reason to succeed and more reason to be better myself. Um, even before I had, or I had gotten pregnant, I, you know, I went back to therapy and I hadn't been in therapy for several years, but I went back to therapy, maybe like even a couple of years before I got pregnant, just thinking like, oh, you know, if I'm going to have kids in the future, I need to work on some things within myself so that I can like, mostly I think it comes down to communication and like, you know, handling some of the anger that I, I still held, um, sometimes still hold you know, I want to be a good example for him because this world is like scary and crazy actually. Um, and I just want him to know like what is healthy, what's okay. And then like that I'm always a safe space. I think in a lot of Asian cultures, especially Asian families, um, at least in, I think Chinese families, especially they, there can be a, a style of parenting that's more about sort of shaming your child or like, it's like a guilt, like a guilt driven style of parenting. And I know that, you know, most parents do things out of love, but that's the way they learn to parent too. Um, and so like those, those are some of the cultural things that I'm trying to like heal and change, yeah. uh, to have like a healthier relationship with my son because as much as I love my parents and I'm really close to them, like we even just like live down the street for them. Like there's a lot of, I think, cultural differences that kind of keep us not as close as I think, you know, sometimes like I wish we were. 
again, despite how close we are, but like there's like emotional closeness that I think, you know, could be tighter, but yeah. So I, I just do what I can to, to be the best version of me, which is a daily struggle sometimes. So it's not like I've got it together or anything, but I'm just, I'm just trying like anybody else is. Yeah. We are all just human and we do make mistakes. So it's, it's not possible to be always together all the time. And then when, when you're not to also be okay to give yourself grace and and realize that it's, that we make mistakes too, and we can learn from it and be better from it. Um, I love that you're being really intentional about your interaction with your son and not continue to carry through some of these um, parenting styles that, you know, may not necessarily be, it it wasn't great then. And then now in this generation, it, it, I don't see how it can actually be as great, nor, I mean, I'm seeing it kind of go downhill if anything, because of these days, they are exposed to so much at such an early age. And, um, my uh, personal experience with say we have a 13 year old niece and that in itself, it would remind me and bring me back to when I was a teenager. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's so different already. And I can only imagine the younger generation, like your son being just two, um, how that's going to be some disparity there. So it's, I think you being that intentional with how you bring up your son and, and making sure that you are, like you say, as, as best a version of yourself and as, as kind and as, as you are towards this process of bringing up your son, it's, it's so important. And um, I'm also hearing some sense of boundaries too, with how you want your son to be brought up versus still getting the not the nourishing love from from his grandparents obviously but then also knowing um where that boundary is going to be but still being really kind about all of it well and it's so different the way grandparents are with their grandkids (laughs) like actually there's recently my son got into my mom's like cream or something and just like put it all over himself, all over the furniture, the floor, it was everywhere. And I knew my mom wasn't that mad because she sent a picture and like, (laughs) and like she, uh, even my, like she got my dad to take a picture quickly because like, they just thought it was so funny. But my dad was like, if this was your son, you would not be laughing and taking a picture, but since it's the grandchild, (laughs) right. It's a lot more leeway. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) funny. Yeah. And like I said, I love my parents and I, you know, I know also that like, they just grew up in a different time, different culture, different, like, it's interesting. I think the sort of Asian American dynamics, because like my parents are immigrants and then I grew up here. So there's already going to be like differences in how we're raised, how we think. Um, but it's just sort of being very understanding of that and like realizing my parents and most parents do the best they can with what they have. And like, everyone has their limits. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Justine, I can keep going with you. I mean, <laughs> this can easily be a two hour conversation. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I need to respect your time for sure. Um, but I wanted to just kind of slowly bring us into the close of this conversation. Um, can you share with us a little bit 
2022, we kind of just started the year. Is there anything that you're going, you're looking forward to personally and then also professionally? Yeah, personally, I'm excited. I mean, knock on wood, as long as like Omicron dies down, we're still having a lot of COVID issues in LA and California. But um, by the time of my second birthday, we're going to take him. Our current plan is to take him to Disneyland for the first time. Mm-hmm. which I am like so excited for. Cause I just, I still love Disneyland and growing up in Southern California, like I feel bad that he hasn't been to Disneyland yet because of the okay. pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I think so far, that's like my biggest excitement for 2022 personally, but professionally um, I'm, I'm working on a movie that will hopefully be out end of this year um and it should be a fun one I can't say much more than that right now um and then have a couple other projects rolling um hopefully in good directions too uh like I said like there's a lot of hurry up and wait and like I did a lot of hurrying last year so now I'm still waiting just sitting Um, yeah yeah and then like with my copywriting business I'm getting really excited like I just started a new Instagram account for my, my company red balloon station, and I'm going to focus it on like writing tips and co- specifically copywriting so cool. tips. Um, um, because it's tr- like, it's getting difficult trying to figure out how to separate, you know, uh, my personal account and like with business too. Mm-hmm. And it just felt weird to share, like, like post like baby pictures. I don't post that many baby pictures, but like post personal stuff and then like randomly give a copywriting tip that just felt weird. Right. So I finally caved and made a separate account and like, um, you know, I'm really amping up that business and, um, really like I, I've really put a focus on email marketing, as I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, that's just exciting to kind of have like a, a niche and, um, you know, trying to partner with more brands that, um, are like sustainable brands and B corporations and supporting other Asian American business owners, especially women. That's what I'm excited about. And like, in trying to like make more of those partnerships, because I want to elevate those who I think um, are making a good impact on the world. Yeah, that's all so juicy. And that's so much to be excited about. I am excited just listening to all of them. Oh, thank you. I cannot wait for them to all be out there. And um, yeah, I am already a huge fan of you, as you already know, but I want to, I want my audience to also be your fan. So take a moment, tell us where, if my audience are interested in in your story, your developments, what's going to come up over the course of the next year, where can they find you, follow you and support you? Yes. so my blog is thejossomlife.com and you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook or actually Twitter at j.isforjossom. Um, and that's where I'm going to be sharing more of my screenwriting, filmmaking side of stuff because um, I've not been as vocal about it in the past. But um, and then for red balloons, red balloon station, um, which actually red balloon station is like, um, more like a full hub of creative services. So business wise, I do actually do all my creative work through there too, but in terms of like marketing and like social media, I'm going to be focusing that more on copywriting. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can find 
me on Facebook and Instagram. Like I said, I just started those accounts at, yes. at Red Balloon Station um, and visit my website, redballoonstation.com. Um, if any of you guys need some help with your <laughs> websites or email marketing, um, you can feel free to reach out and I'm happy to chat. Awesome. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure people are like, I need to have more of Justine because this conversation has just been so nourishing and so delightful for me. I'll make sure all the links are available in the show notes, Justine. So thank you. Thank you. This has been so nice. This is just like talking to a friend. Same here. (laughs) Well, this will not be the last time you hear from me, I assure you. (laughs) Thank you so much for making time. This has been so delightful. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. There are just some people in our lives where their life stories and their journeys through life makes you feel like your wildest dreams are not impossible. And Justine is one of those people for me. Her life is one where had so many ups and downs and she just her ability to make good of every situation, hard or easy, and turning that into just this version of her life now where she gets to really hone into what she's truly passionate about while not forsaking her education in law, for instance, and then also her commitment to being an active activist towards a traumatic experience in her life where she could very well easily also choose to just shut down. But no, she decides that she could use her story, her voice, and help someone else out there put words to what they're going through and they're realizing that they're not alone and that support is available, all of which are just just the best things about humanity, in my opinion. And I am just so blessed to be able to call her a friend and I cannot wait to see the books that she's going to put out there, all the creative energy that she's going to share with her world around her and more. Dear friends, thank you for sticking around with me, for being here, for being audience to stories, my story, what I'm going through, and also stories for my guests. If you found value in this conversation, please go check Justine out through all the available avenues which are available on my show notes. I would especially recommend that you take a read at her book called Pocket Full of Dreams. It's um, such a such a soulful, such a down-to-earth uh, read and um, so easy too. Uh, you could devour that in one sitting, which I did. Um, so I strongly encourage you to go check her book out. 
Dear friends, before I bring this episode to a close, I wanted to say that I continue to thoroughly enjoy coming on here, speaking my heart, and bringing conversations like this one with Justine, the ones that are honest, down-to-earth, heartfelt, and for us to kind of all commune in this space where we can feel like we can truly be ourselves, we can feel supported, and we don't have to feel alone in all the hard things that we are trying to navigate in this life, I truly still enjoy this process and I don't want to put an end to it. At the same time, I feel like I'm at a space and place where I need to channel energy into these other things, other aspects in my life that are requiring me to give energy to. I am trying to work through all of that while finding balance and still maintaining my peace and my sanity and my, and, and, and just this joy that I want to have while continue to channel my creative side through the podcast. So, um, I am going to ask you to give me some grace. I feel like I'm going to take a step back and be putting out an episode every other week for the time being. Um, I want to make sure that I am not discounting the content that comes on here. And I hope that you'll be patient with me. I hope that you'll continue to hop on here every other week to share this space with me. And that, yes, we will continue to be able to forge community as we walk through our own beautifully messy lives. Dear friends, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you. Till the next episode. Bye.